Welcome to the Get Active Podcast for all things gym, fitness and outdoors. All right, Lisa, thanks for joining us today. Um, we welcome you to the Get Active Podcast. We have Lisa Herrington from CrossFit 4504, also the host of the Virtuosity Project. I've been lucky enough to know you, Lisa, for a few years now through CrossFit and lucky, uh, also lucky enough to watch you grow as a coach and a judge of CrossFit. It's been great to watch your business grow over the last five years and now listening to your podcast and listening to your views of a coach the person you are it's great to have you on awesome thanks mate it's it's uh, a privilege to be on and I'm, I'm grateful that you asked me to come on and have a chat with you i really appreciate it no no problems at all just want to firstly congratulate you on five years as a crossfit affiliate owner uh that's a massive achievement how did you get started yeah, with CrossFit? uh thanks mate firstly for that uh i remember when i signed my first lease and i was like they wanted 15 months and i was like oh that's a really long time but here we are five years later, still battling along. So who would have thought it? Massive, but, uh, massive achievement. Yeah, look, I'm really proud of what we've achieved at the box. And we're, we're a little bit mighty, I like to say. But um, yeah, I started CrossFit back in, uh, I think it was about mid-2011. I first went to a box. I'd read about it in uh, Commando Steve's biography, No Excuses. Yep. Autobiography. And uh the idea interested me, but there weren't many boxes around. And I made an inquiry at one and they never got back to me. And then I found one that was about 25 minutes from home and just went down there. And I think the first workout was uh, death by 10 metres, which yep. I walked in and I was like, didn't know anybody. And these people were tearing up and down a driveway. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is me. I was about to turn around and walk out. And the owners come out and, oh, you must be Lisa. Come on in. I was like, oh, well, no escape now. And I loved it. Like for for walking into something which isn't something I used to would have normally have done. And they made me feel so welcome instantly. And yeah, it was it was great. I loved it. I was hooked from the first class. Yeah, CrossFit has that effect. I mean, it, it is a big community. CrossFit is a massive community. Um and and having that sort of affect you straight away does get you does get you hooked. So Yeah, like you know, I found that people were welcoming and didn't matter what you wore or whether I was the biggest person in the room or not. Like everyone was just happy to see you. And I was like, I've never been in a place like this. This is amazing. Absolutely. It's not your, your general type of gym. That's for sure. No, not at all. So talking about that community, how does your gym CrossFit 4504, how do you show the community aspect? How, how do you, I guess, how does your gym um, replicate what you felt on that day? Yeah, well, I mean, my focus when I had the chance to, to buy the affiliate I worked at was, you know, I wanted it to always be about the members first, not about the workouts or not about the the barbells or the plates or new gear or going to regionals. It was just going to be about a community where everyone high-fived after the workout and everyone felt like family. And that's kind of been what I've, I was, you know, driving from day one. It takes a while for it to build. Yeah. Um, and we're in a really fortunate place right now where we've actually got that really good mix of people where it now just happens organically. You know, I can have a new person come in the gym and I know I've got my go-to group of, you know, six or seven members that, that will just take a new person instantly out of their wing. I don't need to do a thing. Yeah. Like I'll look up and they're, and they're already showing them where the toilet is and where to put their stuff and this is what we do. And 
Um, and to sit back and see that, you go, wow, that was cool. Because I remember when I was living in Sydney for a time and I, I joined a gym down there and because of what I'd experienced in Queensland after the workout, I was just high-fiving people going, yeah, good job, good job. And the coaches said, you know, we want that to happen at the gym, but we can't force that to happen. But then by me doing it, it started other people doing it. And suddenly everyone in that gym then started doing it, which is kind of what I wanted to make happen in, in my space and make it that um, when they walked onto the black mats, that nothing in the outside world mattered, that it was just about them for now. They didn't even have to adult. We'd do that for them. And it didn't matter if they were stressed with work or home or kids or whatever. They could come do what they needed for them and we'd take care of them. They could be whatever they wanted to be in that hour. And that and that's kind of what I've always, you know, the to me, the workouts and the training and the sweat, that's just a, a tool we use to help you or to help my members, you know, connect and 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 be their their best on on every level that we're looking for. Absolutely. So, I mean, your your gym is like your family. It's your extended family. In your podcast, it is to me. Yeah, absolutely. In your podcast, um, you talk about your CrossFit four four five zero four family all the time. Um, yeah. There was, and I, mean, I, and I, there was one episode. It. Sorry, you go. Yeah, sorry. go on, mate. There was one no, episode no, you go, where um, you talked about uh, one of your members had a really bad day and you basically shut down that class to go and have coffee with, you know, three or four of your members because one person had a, a really bad day. To me, that shows um, you're, you're not just a coach, you're a friend. I mean, you're almost like a counsellor, really, um, through being a gym owner. Um, and that, to me, just shows the type of person you are. Um, how often? Yeah. How often do you it run is. through that sort of scenario? I mean, that's a, a pretty rare case where that happens. But I mean, you're you're often a counsellor, or you know. Yeah. Look, it's guidance. it's nearly an every it's an it's an everyday occurrence in some way, shape, or form. And you know, that was a pretty. Um, I guess it was a rare moment in time that she's come in being vulnerable enough to let because she knew the girls she was in the class with to let them know what was going on. And the girls are like, all right, well, I guess we're going for breakfast. And these legs are off and off we went. And like, we had a bit of a laugh about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, decision made. But it was what, you know, was needed. I've had, um, you know, uh, I used to have a member. She worked for child safety. So she had a pretty intense job. Yep. And there was one day she came into class. We just started chatting before class about some stuff that she had going on we sat on rollers and we chatted for the entire hour and that was exactly what she needed that day, not to sweat. And that's not an everyday thing, but it's, you know, um, you, we hear about members' lives and, and I know what's going on in their lives. My coaches know, so we can check in with them and, you know, understand that some days that, you know, they don't necessarily need to be pushed hard. They just, it's just enough that they turned up. And you see people sometimes, they, they're getting a bit emotional during a workout or whatever, and that's when we go, you know, come on, you're doing great. And we're just going to support them through it and give them that space to be what they want to be. And, and you're right. It's very much a family for me because, you know, like one of the members, um, it was last year, gave me a Mother's Day card. She said, because you're like the box mum to everybody. <laughs> and one of my other members had a really bad uh, spinal injury at home once and she was in hospital. And I still remember the first time I went to visit her, I walked out of there in tears feeling like, that's one of my kids in there, man. Like, you know, and this is a woman of 40 plus years 
but I was like, this is one of my, my, my people is I need, you know, what can I do to help them kind of thing? And I just felt so bad for them. Yeah. And like people might, you know, sometimes think I'm a bit cold or a bit hard ass, but I, you know, it's, I still have that genuine care for every one of the members as a genuine person, not just as someone who pays me fees to make them sweat. Yeah, absolutely. And for while we're talking about that, I mean, your podcast shows that as well. Um, your podcast is the virtuosity project. Um, I started, I, I guess I binged listened 15 episodes in the last sort of <laughs> week or so. Um, and it just shows what sort of person you are. And I really feel that when you run a gym, like a CrossFit gym, you need to have that. Um, without coaches, I guess, or uh, people that care, it's just not going to work. It's not like a regular gym where people turn up and throw their headphones on and, and go for their workout. People actually care. That's what I like about yeah. it. And, and that's what I say to new people when they come through the door. We actually give a shit. Like yeah. we care if you're not there. I'm not in the, I'm not in the business of just taking your money and hoping you don't turn up. I actually will follow up with you because we care. Me, my coaches, my team care. And we want you here. You joined for a reason. We want to help you meet that reason you know we want you to succeed absolutely hey so we we met uh during i think it might have been the 2014 crossfit game the crossfit yeah. Finals. uh as a as a judge you're a judge uh i went on and judged with you in 2015 what got you involved with um judging at the regionals uh i just I don't know why someone said that, you know, you could have, I didn't know anything about it. And I applied on a whim in 2014 because someone said, if you've got your level one, you can judge. And I thought, well, that'd be cool to do. And uh, applied and got, you know, accepted to do that and got down there and was absolutely shit scared that first workout. I remember standing with my, in the, in the tunnel with you guys and just going, oh my God. And I remember there was you and, and Marty and uh, beefy around me and I'm like, you're going to be fine. You just, when they say go, you're just watching hips and knees, mate. Don't worry about it. And uh, had the best time. Like it was truly to, to be an amazing, you know, weekend and to be on the floor with those athletes. Like clearly I'm never going to be on there to compete, but to be, you know, on that floor in the final event, the crowd was singing, we will rock you and the whole place is erupting. And, you know, it's just an amazing feeling to be out there in the middle of it. And, you know, to be part of those people's, an important part of their journey um, to be the best they can be. Yeah. I mean, it is a great feeling being out there. Uh, again, I'm not going to be out there as an athlete, just like, like <laughs> you, but to be part of that uh, special moment is, is pretty cool. Now we, we see you often in lane four or five now uh, as one of the, I guess the most, uh, I don't know how to put it, you're probably one of the most experienced judges in the Pacific region. Um, getting the likes of Tia and Cara Webb. Do you feel the pressure going into that? Like um, going out knowing that you're judging the world's best athlete? Um, a little bit that you, you know, you want to get it right. But I find that I don't actually think about who it is I'm judging like um, people often talk to me about uh, 2016 when I had Khan Porter in the final event. Yep. I think he was sitting just outside qualifying and it was rope climbs and thrusters. And, you know, they were like, oh, how was it, you know, judging Khan and the crowd was going nuts. I went, 
I don't know. All I saw were hips and elbows at extension, you know. I just and I remember standing there with my stopwatch and just before they started, he got down really low to start and I went, Wow, he's gonna come at you like a freight train, you be ready. And I didn't want something that I did to impact his um opportunities. Yeah. So it was like, you know, eyes on so I made sure, you know, it's like Arbel here, go there now, you know, and, and help with the flow. And then I was just watching for the reps. And you don't think about who it is because I think I remember I got off the floor and it took me like 20 minutes to go, holy shit, that was amazing. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it was just, and there's a photo of Khan, I think, like absolutely pumped up, losing his shit at the end of the workout. And I'm in the background, like filling out the scorecard, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I just need to get you signed this, bro. And it's, it's not thinking about who it is. And I've been very lucky to be um, mentored and, and taught by other experienced judges when I first started like yourself and uh, Gerald Batty and um, Graham Beef and, you know, those sort of guys who've been around forever. And you just learn to, uh, you're just focusing on the on the, the movement, not necessarily who it is. And afterwards you go, yeah, that was cool. I had Tia. But it's just about, okay, is the standard being met? Are they doing the job? And that makes it easy then when you've got a no rep, you know, like, oh, sorry, no rep. It's just like, no, that's it. Let's go keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to go to um, the invitationals as well and, and things like that. How, yeah, that was amazing. Like that experience? Uh, for me, the invitationals is probably the closest I'll ever get to going to judge at the games. And to have like Dave Castro was down, we worked, the judging team had Boz as the head judge, which I was like, this is amazing. Um, and have virtually, you know, the HQ team. I remember... Um, and he had like Scott Panchik and uh, Velner and Fikowski and Tier and Sarah and I was just like, and we got a chance as volunteers on a Saturday to get photos with them and meet them and stuff, which was cool. Yeah. But just uh, even going through the rehearsals with them and all this sort of stuff. And at the end, I went and gave Dave Castro like one of our box shirts because that kind of meant a lot to me to go do that. And um, then Rory and Justin Berg were asking about their affiliate where we were and all that sort of stuff. And like, you know, they might not, you know, clearly they're not going to remember that, but that meant a lot to me as a little affiliate. And when, you know, we, it's our chance to represent ourselves on that platform. But it was such an amazing weekend. Clearly, it's a bit more relaxed and chill than regionals used to be because, you know, there's nothing on the line. Yeah. And so as judges, we had a little bit more downtime and, and whatnot. But it was such a good vibe. And for me to mix with athletes of that calibre and be involved in that now on the floor, like, oh, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, it would have been an amazing experience, that's for sure. Because, I mean, ultimately, I'm a fan. You know, I love, I've been a CrossFit nerd since I started with the games and, and athletes and stuff. And, that you know, that was, yeah, as a fan, I appreciated being out there. And, you know, you've got a job to do, but you can appreciate the moment that you're in, for sure. Definitely. Hey, what are your thoughts on the new format of the CrossFit Games? Yeah, look, when it first was announced, I was a bit bummed about regionals because I'm like, oh, well, there goes judging and, you know, an opportunity to see that sort of elite level live. But as the season, even though last year was a bit messy, I think that it's providing lots of opportunities. Like I judged twice last year at the two Australian sanctional um, for people to be involved. And even I was just saying to a member today, Sam Briggs has just busted her foot in the open now. Two years ago, that means she's done for the year. Yeah. Whereas now, she's got 28 other events to compete in. And 
it gives them an opportunity to, you know, make a reasonable living and, you know, be like the professional tours of, of other sports. And so I think as a, as a fan, it's great. Um, at first I was a bit, oh, I don't know how it's all going to flow. Have they taken things away? And, you know, everyone can be a little bit funny about change. Yeah. But, you know, it's been a bit challenging as an affiliate owner like this year with two opens and having to explain to people why it's two and get people motivated for it. But I think overall that the change is good. I'm not sure that I love the, the cuts at the games. Maybe have that refined a little bit. But I actually um, still think that the fittest are going to rise to the top. You know, like Matt Fraser is never going to get cut or tear. So I think, you know, those who are well-rounded athletes are going to make it through the cuts and have a good performance all the way through. So I think it's been exciting. And I think, you know, we have to evolve as a sport if we really want to be a professional sport. So I think it's a, a good step forward for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think uh, I was a little bit sceptical at first on how it was going to pan out. Um, but as you said, the fittest athletes make their way to the top and, and that's all that matters really. Yeah, and, you know, and we see a spectacle. We see those amazing athletes putting themselves out there we get more opportunities to watch them. Like, I know it's not sanctional, but up in Queensland this weekend, we've got the Torian Pro. Yep. And for the first time in Australia, we're seeing Rich Froning compete. Like, I've got front row seats for that. Wouldn't miss that. And, you know, China Chow and, and those sort of level of athletes. And athletes are now travelling more. We're getting to see them rather than you're constricted by this regional system. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, you know... It's, it's good and it's given the guys who run sanctionals like Mick Shaw at Down Under Championship, he runs an amazing event because he, he runs it very much like the regionals, but he's now got the scope to do what he wants to do with it um, because, you know, he doesn't have HQ saying, don't do this by this and blah, blah, blah. He can make it into a, a really unique event now. Yeah, I agree totally with that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see Watch Rich Froning definitely at Torian Pro, uh, along with all the other athletes. There's, I mean, one of the best spectacles in Australia is that. Um, it's a, it's a massive event. Over, it's over. Is it over three days or is it over two days? Yeah, three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and they're doing. Uh, tomorrow night is for the Friday night lights. They're all. This is the only time Froning will be an individual this weekend uh, to do the the fifth open workout. So, and that's the only event tears competing as well. So it's going to be, you know, cranking to watch those guys throw down in 20.5 tomorrow in the arena of the tennis stadium. So again, for me, it feels like that's as close as I would have gotten to go to the StubHub Centre kind of deal. So, you know, I'm pumped. I can't wait. I've got the whole weekend. It's going to be me. Absolutely. Let's uh, talk about some of the other loves. Now, yep. you did a little bit of powerlifting, uh, back in 2014, you won a gold medal at the GPA World Championships. Tell yep, us a little yep. bit about that. How did you get involved with yep. powerlifting? Well, I just started doing, I just, um, towards the end of tw late 2013, I sort of started focusing a little bit more on lifting and one of the other local affiliate owners was right into powerlifting, so I had him write me a program. And because, you know, I'm built to lift heavy things, not run fast. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and I said to him, oh, no, I'm never going to have to, I'm never going to do one of those events where I have to wear a soft suit. Nah, that's not happening. And I'd entered a women's only novice competition. And the next thing I know, I'm doing state championships. And next thing I'm in two different federations. And all of a sudden I'm at Worlds. I went, oh, how did this all happen? <laughs> but, you know, I love the, 
whilst I love CrossFit workouts for like that, that feeling at the end where you're completely, you know, destroyed, I equally love the, the long, slow grind of powerlifting training, which is yeah. more, I was doing a lot of training on my own and there were long, heavy, grindy sessions, as you'd know. Yep. And uh, I really enjoyed that aspect. And then, you know, I went, I, I guess I found almost a similar community to CrossFit. Like they used to give us a bit of shit for being CrossFitters and we took it. But, you know, they were just as welcoming and, and, you know, I went to these comps and people were helping you wrap your knees or helping you with technique or, you know, people were screaming for someone to get a deadlift up or a bench off their chest or whatever. And it sort of gave me, because I'd started coaching, it gave me an outlet away from the box where I could do something that was just for me and I wasn't comparing myself to, you know, other people or people who would train with me go, well, you're supposed to be a coach and I've just kicked your ass. Um, this gave me an outlet, which was something that I could focus on that was just mine. Um, and I really, really, really loved it for a time. And, I, you know, I was um, really grateful for the opportunity when I qualified to go to Worlds and, and to get that gold medal was kind of something really exciting for me at the time. Absolutely. Not many people get the chance to go to, I guess, a world championship. And, uh, yeah, within two years, you got that gold medal. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I was pretty, pretty surprised. Like I was surprised, but you know, it's, you know, I knew I'd put in, you know, hours of work and Worlds was sort of, it happened about two months or a month and a half after I bought the gym. Yeah. It wasn't an ideal last few weeks of my prep and some things got pushed to the side and it's kind of like I had to make it all work. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to miss the opportunity. I'm still going to go. It was in Sydney. It's like, well, I'm not going to miss that opportunity. So, you know, I made it work, did the best I could on the day. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a really good feeling. Absolutely. You talk about your affiliate sort of putting things aside. You you put your powerlifting aside and let's talk about one of your other loves that you just taken back up, golf. Now you started playing at an early age and just started getting yep. back into it now. How how often do you play? Um, I try and get out once a week, but I'm gonna try and increase that to uh sort of twice a week getting in some Sundays when I can. Um, but my main comp day is on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, but I haven't, you know, I, as you said, I started playing when I was like eight. So I haven't really played since halfway through 2011. And like a lot of things went to the side when I first bought the gym because the gym had to take priority. I've got to get it up and running. I've got to make it work. You know, it's got to, got to grow. Yeah. Um, and now we're at a point where, you know, I've got a few more staff uh, to help me out with, coaching and I can get some time back so I can get some balance because you know as an affiliate owner you go through burnout and you, you get it gets a bit tough when you know that's all you're doing day in day out so I met up with some old friends and who I used to play golf with we went to a driving range and I'm like yeah so figured out how I could make it work and then just let back into it back in my old club down at Virginia in Brisbane and uh, felt like going home really some girls there hadn't seen me for like 10 years and they've just come up and given me a big big hug and so pleased to see me back. And you're like, and I haven't spoken to them in that time. So I was like, cool, I meant, this is the right time I meant to do this. So next year I want to get a little bit more competitive and play some club level pennants against other clubs and some rep, hopefully make a district rep team at the end of the year, but we'll see how we go. Yeah, awesome. Well, good luck with that. Thanks, mate. I mean, golf, it's a very disciplined game. Do you like the mental yeah. part? Look, if, if anything, the mental part is what causes me the most frustration. Um, 
I used to like get quite angry playing golf with myself and frustrated. Um, I think the break away and you know nine years of eight years of getting older, um, I don't sort of get as hung up on that stuff. I still get frustrated, but it's like I can't live or die by every shot because um, I know that you know I don't have. I used to practice six hours, you know, three times a week. Yeah. Um, when I played all the time and I didn't have anything else to do, you know, that's, that's what I did. So I've just got to have, have a bit more perspective and, and my members have been great. Um, particularly the ones I'm quite good friends with, they've been like, Oh, well, you know, they've been very supportive of me getting back out there and, and having time away and also helping me keep perspective of my results and stuff and things. And they're like, well, you've only been back a month, like, you know, pump the brakes. So it's been, it's been good. I like the, the focus and the challenge it provides me. And the fact that when I'm out there, like I don't have my phone for six hours, so I don't even think about gym or other stuff. It's just, all right, what have I got to do, you know, in the next shot? And the people I play with are awesome and we have a talk a bit of trash and, you know, it's just, it's just good fun. Yeah. You need that, especially with having your gym, getting away, getting away from your phone, getting away from, I guess, the gym side of things. Uh, it's much needed. Yeah, and, it, and I think it's made me, I actually said to somebody when I first started, I said, I actually think it makes me a better person again now, you know, because I've, I've got that, that outlet and something again that I'm doing just for me. And, mm. and, it's, and the people out there accept me not because of I run a business or anything. They just know me as Lisa, who they play golf with, and they enjoy having a game with and a chat to. So, and that's a, that's a good thing for me. Yeah. So what's your handicap at the moment? Well, Unfortunately, they didn't give me a new handicap when I rejoined. So I'm back in on my eight that I left the game on. So that's oh, been a bit of a wow. shock. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, been a little bit of a rough adjustment, but I'm, I'm, I'm holding that. So, you know, I can see that the old game is uh, still there and potentially better than it used to be. So it's given me some light at the end of the tunnel. I'm working with my coach again and we're getting a few little things refined. So all that powerlifting and CrossFit has made me stronger. So I'm certainly hitting the ball further. Now I'm just going to, tidy up a couple of things and we'll be away oh that's awesome uh, i wouldn't expect uh someone after having a big hiatus like that to jump back in and be straight on the game i mean that's a pretty handy handicap to have and to go from six hours three times a week to jumping back in and playing once a week it's um it's a big ask to, to be at that handicap and you handle it well yeah, I'm sort of, you know, have, have your up and downs and you'll throw in a random really bad hole, but the others are seem to be hanging in. So it's just, just the odd little thing that I just need to, to iron out. But, yeah, I'm excited by where it's at and it's not as terminal as I thought it would be and I'm enjoying it. Like, I enjoy the game and, you know, I drive 40 minutes to get to the club, but, um, you know, it's it's home to me and that's where I started um, playing when I first sort of moved to Brisbane. And, you know, it's of course I love dearly. So, yeah, it's it's good. Beautiful. We are, uh, why you've, I mean, you don't get much spare time. So you're throwing in a, uh, another project, the virtuosity project with all that spare time yes. that you have. Um, it's, it's a great podcast, a great listen. As I said, I've binge watched the last 15 or listened to the last 15 episodes. Um, one of the main reasons I got started with our podcast was uh, listening to your show. How, how did that all come about? Um, well, it's, it's sort of been on my mind for a few years, but I didn't know how to do one. And 
some members suggested me, you know, because I can, we start talking CrossFit stuff, I can, you know, I can geek out on that and talk about different things and the industry and, and athletes and stuff for hours. If you get, members know if they get Lisa on a tangent, then, you know, we might not have to do anything for the next 10 minutes. So <laughs> they said, you know, if you, if you sit down, so I said, oh, I don't know that I can just talk and I have to have someone else. And I didn't even know the technology, to be honest. And then I started listening to uh, a podcast from America, the best hour of their day. Um, and he was talking about an app he used called uh, Anchor. And I was like, oh. So I looked, oh, you know, I'm always looking at little apps and stuff and it does everything for you. It distributes it to the platforms. You just got to basically sit and talk. So I was like, right, it's happening. I went and bought the most expensive microphone I could because I knew that would compel me to do it rather than this thing sitting on the shelf gathering dust. And <laughs> one day I just plugged in and started talking. And that was the first episode I did on taking action. And and I put it out there and then I was like, oh, I had immediate like buyers regret going, oh no, what have I done? I want it back. Like, give it back. I can't, I, how do I take it back? And so I don't edit them and I don't listen to them because I don't like the sound of my own voice <laughs> and I'm still not comfortable with that. But, um, you know, it's just me just talking about whatever, you know, it could be suggestions from members or a vibe I'm picking up in the gym that I think, you know, okay, well, this is something that might apply to other people and maybe I can add some value here. And I wasn't really sure about exactly what it would be. I didn't want it just to be about CrossFit and coaching and movement and stuff. I just wanted it to be, you know, basically reflect our focus at the gym, which is a holistic approach to training. So it's, you know, wellness and mindfulness and all, the whole approach. And I thought, well, I'm just going to talk about, you know, what comes to me and, and what I'm passionate about or feel like I can add value. So usually I don't have a lot of notes. I might have a couple of dot points and then I just sit in my office by myself and talk and, uh, and whatever comes out, comes out. So yeah, it's, it's been, I've enjoyed doing it. I was surprised at the feedback I got at first. People were like, Oh, this is really cool. I went, okay. Cause I really didn't tell people at first cause I didn't want to look like a wanker going, Oh yeah, listen to me talk. <laughs> but you know, there's been quite a few people who listen to it and enjoy it. So I sort of kept rolling with it. Well, I've enjoyed it so far. I mean, you talk about different things. You talk about dealing with life, owning a CrossFit affiliate, talking about owning your own shit, embracing the yep. suck, you know, positivity, um, different mindsets. What, what do you think uh, the greatest message out of all your episodes has been so far? Is there anything that you could sort of signal down to, to one thing? Uh, I think really the one that seems to have resonated really um, strongly with people um, is the the very first one I did on, you know, just start something, just take action. Like even if it's, you know, one step towards a goal you want to do. I think I gave the analogy, if you want to climb Mount Everest, well, cool. Walk to your mailbox for a start. If you're starting from a zero position, like you just have to start and then you gather momentum. And that really sort of resonated with a lot of people and, and, and helping them, you know, like I think I had three friends who'd listened to it who, went and just started projects after listening to it so yes. you're like oh wow that's uh okay it kind of spun me out like just because i said that okay but there's there's lessons in that and you know that was my lesson is okay well i'm just starting i'm gonna i'm just gonna fire it up so you know things are scary but you know if we stay where we are we'll never change and you'll things won't you, you don't get anywhere by wishing for things i've learned absolutely you're you're stepping way out of your comfort zone with um with your affiliate as well. Some of your um, social media posts. I still remember your first video on the air bike 
uh, it was a you know a couple of minute. I think it might have been on Instagram, uh, a couple yep. of minute video on the air bike, and um, you you could tell that you were nervous, but that was a great start. It was something that you know you know a lot about, and there aren't many educational videos on you know best techniques for things like the air bike or the rower or whatever it may be. Um, I feel that was a really good one to get started on. And um, how how do you find, I mean, you step way out of your comfort zone there, but how do you find going on social media like that where it's an actual video, not just a podcast like this? Oh, it's, you know, bloody hard to be, to be frank. It's um, for years, like, you know, you listen to all the business coaches and whatever, like, and the marketing gurus, yeah, you've got to do video, that's what people want. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not the typical coach body shape look feel and you know quite often I'm judged aesthetically and that's cool I'm used to that I am who I am and I, I deal with that but it you know I would often put other people out front and I'd just kind of be back behind the scenes but I'm like well you know you've just got to do it so I actually started out doing a lot of sort of live videos and, and clips in my members page so I could just get comfortable with seeing my face that I'm talking to and that sort of stuff and then I was all right well let's just that's, this is going to happen. I said to my coaches, listen, or answer some members, go, I need to make these videos this weekend. I'm, I've been talking about it for a year. I'm just going to do it. Whoever's around, come do it. If your coaches, your members don't care, I'm going to put you on something. I'll make you look good. You've just got to sit there and do what I say. Recruited my husband to be the cameraman. I was like, right, let's just, and I just talked. And literally it was like one take and we were done. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to put it out there. And it's still like when I see it popping up, I'm like, oh. And it's very confronting for me and it's really challenging. Oh, you know, I really need to do this or do that better. But, you know, I tr that's why I don't listen to things back because I would self-edit and self-filter and it would never be released. So it's like, you know what? I heard how it sounded in my head when I got it out there. Cool. That's that. Yep. Good. I've made the member look good. It's not unflattering shots. Great. Let's just, let's hit post. And it's probably one of the hardest things that I put out there every week. And I know I put myself up to be judged or ridiculed in some cases, and that's okay um, because that's someone else's journey and their story. I can't control what someone said to me once, you know, what other people think of you is none of your business. Once you put something out there to the world, it's not, it's none of your business anymore. What happens to it? So I kind of hang on to that thought and go, you know, I've, if I ask my members to be uncomfortable every day in the gym and do things that challenge them, like start the gym or um, try something, then I'm like, well, I need to do the same. And, you know, this is my version of, of doing that is making myself uncomfortable about something new that challenges me, but it's going to be for the betterment, not only of me, but for the, for the gym as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're doing really good, mate. I've been following uh, your gym progress for a few years now and, and we love what you do. Uh, thanks heaps for your time today. We might leave it there. It was a pleasure to catch awesome. up. Um, where can people follow you? Obviously, the Virtuosity Project. Uh, where else would you like people to to watch and listen? Uh, they can follow us at, on Instagram, uh, CF4504 or uh, uh, CF4504CoachLisa, all one word, is my personal Insta where you'll usually just see lots of photos of my dog or my new love of coffee. But uh, a few little places there. Uh, they're the main places, mate, I think. Mainly Insta or our Facebook page for... Uh, uh, CrossFit 4504. 
Absolutely. Thanks, mate. Thanks heaps for your time today. No worries, Joel. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. No worries. See you, mate. See you, mate.